0: Welcome to another episode of DC and Grimm. I'm DC. And I'm Jay Grimm. And uh, we are visiting you, uh, well actually no, it won't be the holiday when you listen to this because there's going to be a week difference. But anyways, uh, special holiday episode. It's just special because it is the holiday, not we're going to release it differently or anything. But uh, it is Easter.
1: Come as and I I like to call it, Zo- Easter? Oh, as you like to call it <laughs> what?
0: Zombie Jesus Day.
1: Oh yes, I've heard this described as medically accurate. <laughs> I've heard well
0: uh, to 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 bring up some some literature on the subject. I have a post from 2012 which explains my, my my stance on Zombie Jesus Day. Would you like to hear it? You're political. This
1: is a very political. I've read this before. <laughs> yes, I would like to hear it. I didn't realize it was
0: political. I thought it was just aggravating to people who actually. no it's consider this a sacred day but you've got a rabbit you've got a rabbit running around shitting eggs and hiding jelly beans for kids so i don't know how sacred it can be but i know that's just a twisting of anglo ideas that got involved in the catholic church and everything but i digress so to quote jay grimm from april april 8th of 2012 easter as i understand it so a long long time ago the romans found jesus doing his philanthropic gig and said hey dude knock off the david copperfield act you're making caesar look bad and that shit rolls downhill to us so then jesus being the badass that he was so like come at me bro so the romans tacked him up like a christmas stocking which is ironic because that's what you do at christmas not at easter and let him bleed to death and uh think about what he'd done to which he replied if you strike me down i will become more powerful than you can possibly imagine so jesus original jedi After Jesus got a little ripe, the Romans let him down and stowed his body away in a cave and blocked the opening with, like, a stupid big boulder. Because this guy had done some pretty wicked cool shit in his life, and they heeded his last words. When somebody's getting their ass tacked to a cross and they're still talking shit, you gotta pay attention. So what they didn't know was that a magic rabbit lived in that same cave. And, man, these Romans had horrible luck. Because I guess if you crucify the Son of God, you know, karma's gonna bite you in the ass. So, anyways, this magic rabbit lays these magic chocolate eggs, and he happened to drop one right in Jesus' mouth, and that jump started his brain. So now Jesus wakes up super pissed off. So Jedi Zombie Jesus uses his mind bullet powers to move this giant boulder out of the way. And then just starts laying waste to all non believers like a like an epic uh, biblical Godzilla, which is fitting because he's in the Bible, so it's cool. Uh, all right. So now we've got we've got Godzilla. Jedi zombie Jesus laying waste to people and everything. And then the Romans are like, oh, shit, what can we do? We're running around like batshit crazy fools. And suddenly they find this old wise witch who's dressed all in pastels and is carrying a glowing neon basket full of colored eggs. And she comes at them with this knowledge bomb about the awesome bunny of mysticalness because the bunny of the cave has many names. She let them know the only way you break the zombie curse of the chocolate egg laying zombie Jesus creating rabbit is that you've got to capture the rabbit and bite off his ears, and that's why to this day parents will piss off their children by eating the 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 ears off their chocolate rabbits. Happy Zombie Jesus Day to everyone! Beautiful. I mean, that's that's historically accurate, right? That's like that warmed my heart.
1: I think you were just reading from the Book of Mark there. Is what I remember. Cool. I mean, you would know. I wouldn't. So. That's exactly how. now when he when he grew, he became a giant, like a Godzilla type creature, is what I'm understanding.
0: I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure because you know once you come back from the dead, you don't stay the same size. you got gotta get bigger. Yes, the radiation.
1: there must have been radiation involved at some point. I feel like this is the next Resident Evil movie. <laughs> well, you've got the dead coming to life. You got bunnies laying eggs. like there's some serious and, biological yeah. like changes happening here. Real,
0: yeah. but, but this was just a nice segue into something you and I wanted to talk about, and that's uh, the sacrament and rituals in uh, in the Catholic Church. And I think we're going to title this episode Eating Jesus because that whole oh. – yeah, I know. Uh, we're gonna we're either going to gain a lot of fans or lose some from this. Uh, although, I think we I think
1: simultaneously it... had that episode title idea, though. I yeah. remember when we were sitting yeah. around and we were like, we could talk about that. We were like, eating Jesus. <laughs>
0: yeah. Plus, it's going to be a good Twitter tag. Hashtag Eating Jesus. I think that'll go over really well.
1: We can also talk about (laughs) Easter memories or stuff we feel about Easter. Like, it doesn't have to all be about, you know.
0: No, but one thing I've always been curious about was uh, the Last Supper when he does the whole, you know, um, he pours the wine and this is my blood, drink of it, and then gives them uh, the wafer cracker or the saltine or the piece of bread, whatever it may be, and said, this is my body or this is my flesh. Like, was everybody around the table just cool with it? I mean, I'm pretty sure Judas didn't give a fuck because he already had his own thing going. But, I mean, you're you are the churchgoer between the two of us. So, what's explain to me the whole sacrament thing and how you uh, think it went down? Oh wow! So this is probably the most serious we ever been on this
1: show.
0: Um, oh, I don't know. We got deep on magic.
1: Yeah. So that's yeah. true. That might that probably. Is yeah. The most some serious. some tears were shed. That that was good. I know. I was going to cry. Uh, so, well, the sacrament thing. Okay. So in the Catholic church. Okay. And in many other churches, they have what's called communion. Okay. Which is where everyone comes together and they drink, um, well, wine. Or if you're in another church, like grape juice and you eat. I definitely, uh, I definitely want the wine church. The wine. Yeah. It, yeah, man. I think you're technically in the wine. Aren't you technically Catholic? Weren't you baptized as a baby? Uh, I think I got drafted but never played. Yeah, <laughs> drafted. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no, been, uh, it, it
0: is something. It is something I do mean to get uh, involved in. I, I want my children to have a good relationship with God, and I need to improve mine if that's going to happen. So,
1: well, same here, my friend. But I. Uh, so the I. You know. So the reason you do that is because at the Last Supper. Uh, you know, the night before Jesus was taken away, or the night that Jesus was taken away to be put to death, um, he uh, broke bread with his disciples and said, "This is my body." And he poured out wine, and he and they shared a dinner of bread and wine, which sounds a lot like um, any dinner I would have in college. But so they're hanging out, and 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 they. And no, it, he, it sounds
0: like you're waiting for your food at Olive Garden, is what it sounds like.
1: Yeah, that's it. they always say appetizers are the best part. <laughs> but, but the Christian tradition is that when he had this, it was a Passover, it was a Jewish um, a Jewish holiday. When he broke the bread and said, this is my body, and we he poured the wine and said, this is my blood, he was being serious, and he meant what he said. So the um, Christian tradition of communion that's done at every Mass is that the priest will bless... Um, really, it's different than they bless this bread and they bless this wine, and the um, and the um, while doing that, the bread actually becomes the body of Jesus, and the wine actually becomes the blood of Jesus. And that's a a semi you know nowadays that's a semi controversial thing. You know, a lot of people are in churches that don't believe that, but that was pretty much what every single Christian believed up through about three hundred years ago. And so, uh, you know, I know a lot of people in America that we go to Protestant churches and stuff, and it's all supposed to be a symbol or a memorial. But um, for the vast majority of Christianity, that's it has been um, a statement of the faith and a sacrament that, you know, you are literally consuming Jesus in these two in the bread and the wine. And that, um, you know, you're obviously. There's different rules around that and like when it becomes Jesus and who can actually consume it and all this stuff but that was the Christian faith for undisputedly for um, you know about after until after Columbus discovered America that was the belief so and it's still the belief probably for the majority. It's still the belief for every Orthodox person, for every Catholic. A lot of people don't know that Episcopalians or Anglicans believe that. Ah, uh, Lutherans believe that. So even some Protestants still believe that. But that is the Christian faith that a lot of people don't talk about. That's amazing how how ritual just
0: grabs hold and just continues just unquestionably for years upon years
1: and centuries and and millennia. Yeah. Well, that's kind of that's kind of the beauty of it though, is you know mm-hmm. if it's not that it's grounded in something, it's grounded in an actual ritual mm-hmm. that everyone agrees happens. And then over time, some people have had different interpretations of it, but, you know, for the majority of human history, um, for the majority of Christian history, like, it's it's a ritual for a reason. It's because you're you're following what, you know, your teacher said. You're, you're actually believing what he said and stuff, so.
0: Yeah, that's why we do, well, my daughter still does the Pledge of Allegiance back when they had school, now that that's not a thing anymore. So now we've got our own ritual of starting off in the morning, and I don't know, maybe we should throw the Pledge of Allegiance back in. That'd be interesting standing in our kitchen in our pajamas just saying the <laughs> Pledge of Allegiance.
1: Do you have a flag in your kitchen? We should get a flag in your kitchen so you can do the That pledge. needs to happen. Yeah,
0: that needs to happen.
1: I know, I think yeah. that's funny though, but I think I think the Pledge of Allegiance really is symbolic though. Like I don't know, and that's mm-hmm. just kind of the idea of what a sacrament is too. Like, you know, in some ways the Pledge of Allegiance is more symbolic. So it's like you can either do it or not, and it really is more about Um, showing an outward sign that you're part of a community. But the whole point of a sacrament is that it's a ritual that does what it says. So Mm -hmm. it's not just about doing the thing to be part of this group. It's about you literally are consuming Jesus, and that helps you. It helps edify you, and it helps... um, it helps your life. It helps make your life better because you're participating in the body of Christ in a very special, unique way that no other, you know, religion can offer you. And when you do that, it, um, I can say honestly, I mean, it is an amazing feeling. It is really cool. I don't do it as often as I should, but that's because I don't do another sacrament, confession, as often as I should. But um, uh, which I was going to lead into, but I was
0: curious. Um, uh, I mean, they they they, they offer uh, the communion
1: every Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah, every day, actually. You can go to daily Mass. Okay. Um, there's, a so ma- you... there's actually a Mass happening at every hour of the day all the time. It's part of, like—it's um, actually part of prophecy that they would just be constantly making this sacrifice, so. Wow,
0: that's, that's a lot of wine and crackers.
1: Uh, yeah. All right,
0: so uh, every time you attend a church, do you actually get up and do the communion, or is it only, f- like, when you're feeling less of a connection with God or anything like that? Like, when— what is your ritual as far as when you actually step up and receive the the blood and body of
1: Christ? So my ritual, I mean, I'm just, this is really totally personal. But um, I'm sorry, you're only no. That's a, no, no, not in a bad way. Like that's all the okay. show is. But um, it, here's the like number one. Like you have to be actually part of the body. So you have to be baptized. You have to be accepted. Um, mm-hmm. You know, usually through um, first communion or an anointment, um, and if you're actually part, if you're not actually part of the church, if you've never been baptized, etc., you're not really supposed to. You can come, you can participate in service, but you're not supposed to partake in the body and blood. That's supposed to be for people who are part of the church. Um, now, on top of that. And this is scriptural. Paul talks about it. You're not really supposed to take communion unless you're basically in good standing. Okay. So you have to be repentant. You have to be following the rules. So, like, if you just um, woke up from a cocaine bender and, like, (laughs) like (laughs) threw a dead hooker in the back of your trunk, you're really
0: like like every good Christian does. Right.
1: Exactly. (laughs) You know, from time to time, everything in moderation. But if like, <laughs> if it to be, yes. If that Definitely going, take your
0: hookers and blow in moderation. That's that's important.
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, if you happen to show up to church that day, um, you're really you're not supposed to take communion. And it's not just a rule. That what it's taught in the Bible is that if you take if you literally consume the blood and body of Jesus when you're in that type of state you will not only not help yourself, it'll actually be the opposite. You'll actually bring further condemnation down in yourself because it's like you're inviting God. Because the whole point of Jesus dying was to save us for our sins, right? So, yeah. Uh, by when you're in good standing and you're doing all this stuff and you take it, like it helps you, it edifies you, it makes you um, stronger, it makes you do, you know, do better, it makes you more able to do the things you want to do, and it makes you not want to do the things you don't want to do. Now, if you come and you take it dishonestly and you say, "I'm just going to take this," it does the opposite. It basically, it's like you're inviting God's wrath, like into your life, because you're inviting this most kind of sacred, most intimate. Uh, way that you can commune with god into your life while you know damn well that you're not you know really into that you see what i'm saying this is
0: enlightening this this feels like a horror movie script that could happen like you you arrive at the temple and you take the sacred thing without actually being pure of heart so now you're cursed
1: that's right and it's really it's really very similar like the old testament with like the ark of the covenant I was going to say,
0: this is is some dark Old Testament shit,
1: yeah. It's the same, though, but that's the same as a lot of the stuff in the New Testament. When you get into, like, Orthodox or Catholic Christianity, you realize that all those things in the Old Testament were shadows of what came to be in the New Testament. So the rules really have not changed. Like, you really should not be messing around showing up saying that you want to eat God when you know dang well that God wants to, like, pour out this, you know, wrath on you. So... I personally, yeah, I'd say, definitely showing up and saying you wanted to eat
0: God is a bold move in the first place.
1: It's a bold move, right? Unless you're yeah, really yeah. trying. So and yeah. so, I personally, I don't take communion unless I've almost immediately went to confession, or I know that since the last time I went to confession, I haven't committed any mortal sins. So how I really, often does, how often does that happen? Not as often as it should, my friend. I'm not going to get to the specifics, but I will. I will I know, say, that. but. Yeah, but the ritual is in place
0: for you, though. You you have the confession, which has always been a an interesting idea to me. I know a lot of comedians made fun for it, made fun of it because you know it's like, well, Catholicism is great because you get to go do whatever the hell you want and then show up on Sunday and say you're sorry for it and you're completely forgiven. But that's that's not how it works. You're supposed to have the want for forgiveness in your heart, the desire to be pure. Confession. It's not just a it's not just a show up on Sunday and get a clean slate thing. It's it, that's not how it works. No, but, you exactly. Know, we touched on this in the therapy issue or uh, episode that I that I hope uh, everybody gets to enjoy before this one comes out, um, that, uh, you know, the idea of confession, I thought, was like one of the earliest forms of therapy. You had had this bad deed weighing on your heart, and it was affecting you, and, you know, with certain conditions, I mean, that, that kind of fear and guilt could almost affect you physically, and then being able to come in and unburden yourself to someone who's supposed to have, I wouldn't say zero judgment, but it's not like they're going to go share it with everybody afterward. They 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 hear what you got to say. They tell you what you need to do to fix it. You do your Hail Marys, or you find your forgiveness with Christ, and, and you move on, and you become a better person. Right. Uh, that that is a very appealing ideal. I mean, um, I'm I'm missing going to see my therapist right now because of this quarantine stuff. I could do the I could do the over the internet e health thing, but that just doesn't. I don't know the the being in the private room with her in person became my ritual, and I'm missing that right now.
1: Right. Yeah. No. And I think that. Um... In person is so important for therapy. I've tried online therapy, and it's just so it's it's hard. It's just so different because yeah. you feel like you have to. I don't. know. Online stuff is just so different. Like I'm missing doing the show with you, you know, right now. So oh, I mean,
0: don't. it's rough because uh, what the audience doesn't know is we're we're not you know we're doing a Skype call, but we had to get rid of the uh, get rid of the video to make the connection good because I'm in bumfuck Marysville, and it's just not not conducive to, to good internet shit. So. Uh, but you're right. You're right. To, yeah, go ahead. I, I don't even get to see you right now. And and while I enjoy that you and I are able to do this podcast um, with the quarantine, there was a ritual in me being able to come over to your place and, and make fun of your your house and, and screw around with Chester and just, just <laughs> have that contact to be in your in your presence. I mean, um, you know, um, I'm getting to do the Zoom calls with my mom, but. It's not enough. Uh, I miss being able to embrace my mom and hug my dad. That's uh, I, I don't ever leave them without saying goodbye or hugging them or kissing them. Like anytime I'm staying with my parents, I always give my give my mom and dad a hug before bed. I mean, they they could just walk through the room say, "Hey, I'm going to bed. I have to get up and hug them." And with my mom and her condition right now, um, the biggest complaint I got is. I want to hug her because I don't know how many of those I've got left. But I mean, right. honestly, nobody knows how many hugs you've got left. That's true. Uh, but but with her underlying condition with this COVID crap, it, it's more imminent. But she's doing what she's supposed to do. She's staying in lockdown. Um, right. But there. are right. Uh, you, you don't know, want my, to be
1: the person who breaks that. You don't want to be the person who's in a hotel and then goes hugs her and gets her sick or something.
0: Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, because then I'm you know, I'm wrecked for life after that because I I killed my mom with a hug.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Gosh, I
1: know. I think about that all the time. Ugh.
0: Did uh, did you get your meatloaf?
1: Not yet. I have not got my Easter meatloaf. I want to get back to what you're saying about confession, though. Yeah. Um With the with, with the ritual. Yeah, it's not just the ritual. It's that that's another sacrament, and and mm-hmm. the the whole idea is that. And by the way, Catholics do not believe that that's the only way to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can confess your sins directly to God if you make an act of perfect contrition. So yeah, I, I recently started to understand that through my dad, too.
0: Um, because one of my problems with uh, I wanted to get back with my faith, which would be Catholicism, just because it's where I, I grew up at. But um, you know for the little time that we did actually go to church and also because dad's part of the knights of columbus and wants me to get involved but i don't want to be that guy that just shows up and joins the group and takes the shirt without actually participating in what it is they actually believe
1: right uh, i would love to be part of the knights of columbus that would be awesome um,
0: yeah i'll you know get, get hooked up with dad we'll get her figured out yeah, yeah. we'll um, try to
1: figure that
0: yeah um shit where'd i go uh you were saying that you've been right? wanting to reconnect yeah wanting to reconnect um Ah, shit, I completely derailed my train of thought. Sorry. Your dad—no,
1: no, it's okay. You said your dad told you about acts of perfect contrition, how you didn't have oh, to Oh, that's what it was. It
0: yeah. was—I um uh, I, I saw a posting, which I hated that I did that. I took some information from Facebook just for what it was at face value that, um, you know, in the Catholic Church, the only person that could actually talk to God is a priest, and you have to confess your sins through them. The only way to communicate with God is through that. And I talked to dad, and I'm like, I—my one problem with that is I— I don't see how that can be true, especially with as fallible as the Catholic church has shown its priests can be. Now I know not every priest is out there diddling little boys and shit, but there, there's been some bad cases right. and the news has, has definitely highlighted upon that because of the shock value and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, dad was like, no, I mean, there's, there's definitely, um, definitely a lot more to it. I talked to God multiple times a day, especially with what's going on with mom. And that enlightened me um, to being able to just, sit and have a conversation with God without having to have anybody else yes. involved. You know, yes. I don't want somebody to interpret my feelings toward anybody else because the most purest form of my communication is from me. E- even this recording, you're not going to fully get me without being in my presence. I mean, you know the energy that you and I have when we're together. We feed off each other. It rises. It's it's an amazing thing. It's the magic we talked about in a previous episode. Yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, not to connect mysticism and magic and religion together, but there's something to the rituals that come from the the meeting with everyone in your community, the the taking the sacrament, the communion, the confession yeah. uh, that adds an extra element to it that I've always found a little bit interesting. But I, I do like the idea that I don't have to confess my sins to, to Brother Jacob or whatever. I can just sit down and, and hit my knees in my bedroom and go, God, I, I screwed up today. Right. and and just get it off of you,
1: and that's you don't only, have to wait till Sunday. No, you don't. And that and I almost feel like the idea that um, only the priest can talk to God—that's not that's never been a Catholic idea. That's a, that's a Protestant um, almost slander against the church, mm-hmm. because um, it's never been that way. There's, it's always been taught that an act of perfect contrition—you know—if you're really sorry—and an act of perfect contrition just means that you're not just sorry because you're scared of hell. It means you're sorry for the people you've hurt, and you're sorry that you've hurt God and if that is true in your heart you can speak to god and also you can speak to god all day every day like he's there for you like um but the the reasons for confession aren't to separate you from god the reasons for confession are actually to be another means to get closer to god mm-hmm. so um are you familiar with apostolic succession based on no
0: <laughs> so well no no that's fine I'm, that's fine i'm like i'm like I'm trying to put those two words together. I'm trying to find just a literal definition. I got nothing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. So here's, here's why actually confession is the exact opposite of what most people think it is. Because the idea of a priest is that that priest must be ordained by another bishop, and that bishop must have been ordained at some point by another bishop. And those lines—and you can actually go to the Vatican, and they have a document that shows how every single priest goes all the way back to one of the original disciples of Christ— well, got their commission from Jesus Christ Himself, and Jesus, when He told Peter, "You know, you are my rock, and upon my rock I'll build this church." And He gave Peter the keys to um, heaven, and He told Peter, "What you bind on earth will be loosened in heaven. What you loosen, you know, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loosen on earth will be loosened in heaven." He was giving these people the supernatural authority through the help of the Holy Spirit to do the work that He had done on earth. So. The idea of apostolic uh, succession is that when a new priest is ordained, no matter how many thousands of years down we are now, they are given those keys to bind and loosen what's going on in heaven. So when you confess to a priest, it, it actually doesn't even matter if that priest in his personal life is the most evil person on earth if he has been ordained when he says the words you are forgiven when you go through the when you go through the sacrament of confession you are forgiven and that comes straight from jesus himself down through the chain so it's it's like a power that they are basically given whether or not they're alcoholics or child molesters or murderers it, it doesn't matter as long as they are are truly ordained and they're operating within the church and you do confession correctly and you are contrite in your own heart you can be assured no matter what's going on in that priest's life, no matter what's going on in your life, if you tell it to them and you're truly sorry, um, you can be assured that when they say, you are forgiven, my son, you are forgiven. And so it's not about them having an extra power over you, even though they really do actually have an extra power over you, whether or not they you know are living up to it. Um, it's about assurance. So it's not given to us so that we have to feel like we have to go through someone else. It's because we don't. You can you can pray to God on your knees, but you can be assured that when you go in this room and this um, vicar, they call them vicars, and that just means the image. So when the image of Christ, which is this priest, t- pronounces to you that now that the things that you have um, uh, confessed are forgiven, you know 100% sure, as long as you have faith in the church, you know that those things are forgiven. You never have to worry. You never have to say sorry again. You know that it's it's done. And so it's not given to you for lack of assurance or to think that you're less because all those other options are available. It's given as the best option because you know if you go to a person who's been ordained down through the apostles and they say you are forgiven, you know Jesus gave them that power and you know that you're more closely communicating with Christ at that point than you might necessarily be doing in your own like kind of mixed up head at the moment if you're upset or you know whatever. So it's really... To do the opposite of making you feel apart, it's to give you another human being, just like the people in the Bible who grabbed on Christ's hemlocks and you know, grabbed on his clothes and said, "Please forgive me." And they saw another human being turn around and say, "You are forgiven." Like that's what it's for. It's so that you get the best. You get another human being who you know has that um, that um, pedigree, I guess, if you will, telling you you're forgiven. And and at, because it's a sacrament, when they pronounce that, it is true they are pronouncing that is true with the power of Jesus. So the sac the sacrament of confession is pretty much the exact opposite of what most people think it is. It's really meant to bring you closer and, and make you give you more access to God than you, you know, than you think. I know that's a I lot-
0: No, I absolutely love this podcast. This it's amazing how many times this goes somewhere. I never expected and, and I'm in uh, enlightened or changed by the experience when we do it this yeah uh, that's that's amazing um now yes. with the uh like with the uh you said a, a pop a, apostolistic uh
1: succession uh, apost- is that what you-, you just ruined it in my own brain oh, <laughs> <laughs> apostolic but you're right apostolic. you're saying it wrong but you're spelling it correctly in your okay. own words apostolic succession so- now apostolic, um but- i know I know there's
0: not going to be blood ties this far this far back but uh, and you probably don't even know the answer to this I, it's just my my mind is turning now um, after that happened were like the next level of priests where they actually to have blood ties to the actual apostles or
1: No it's not man. about blood ties no no we've been okay. adopted we've been adopted it's not about like the Jewish blood or anything like that anymore like basically okay if you go through the rituals, if you're part of the community, they can ordain you. That's another, that's another um, um, shoot. Why am I, why is my mind blanking on the most basic word? Because because uh, I mispronounced the last sac- one for you, <laughs> sacrament. Or uh, when a priest ordains another priest, that's a sacrament. So when a priest tells another priest, "You are a priest," that is what really happens, and now you have two priests. But that power all goes back to the original source, which is God, which was Jesus. Who who, by the way, before you know, before Jesus, we had shades of this, but you never had human beings walking around with like the power to you know make this stuff all happen like he basically brought it down to a human element and so that's what the church is it's like human beings are now able to war against evil on earth and to bring about charity and and a real change of heart with the holy spirit and stuff that never existed you know before he came so but the apostolic dude, succession this- is is about a priest who's been duly ordained ordaining another priest that's what that is Man, the, the more I learn about this stuff, the more it
0: feels like an OG sci-fi novel I need to read.
1: For real, man. I mean,
0: it really... Yeah, yeah. People coming back from the grave, giving each other powers, and and being able to cleanse sins and fight evil on Earth. I mean, this sounds like an epic Hollywood blockbuster that should have come out this year, had not the virus shut the shit down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. I, one of the best yeah. things. There's actually an atheist podcaster who I love listening to, and he calls yeah. himself the Bible Answer Man. And don't don't get into his theories because his theories are kind of crackpot. But he has these great things, and he says one thing that he would like to do one day is make a movie that is a book of revelations but you take everything literally so like so it'd be like a Godzilla movie where like this thing with seven horns and wings like walks out of the ocean and then like an army of angels and he's like why has no one made that movie he's like it's right yeah. there the yeah. dead
0: right. rise from the grave rivers of blood yeah
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. but i guess the the right. main point the main point is that um and this is why I converted. I, I only converted um, literally a year ago. Today is when I became a Catholic. So I've only been a Catholic for one year. And, of course, I was an RCIA oh. before that. Um, well, only one year. Happy re-birthday? Well, thanks, I guess. <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even go back yeah. to my birthday party. Um, but yeah. the thing that converted me was I, I had always been a Christian in, like, name only, kind of. And I would hop around to churches and I would more or less say, Yeah, I believe Jesus is cool. Like, I pretty much more or less get what's in the Bible. Like, he died for our sins. And then the preacher says, Well, all you got to do is believe that. And then there'd be all these challenges to it. Like, Well, you know, like the devil believes God exists. Like, that doesn't make you good. And, You know, like, how can it be that if you just say these words, you're saved, but you're not doing anything good? And then there's all these stuff in the Bible that says, like, like, you know, you're not saved through words, you're saved through, like, good works. And it just, none of it ever made any sense to me as a Protestant. So I always kind of maintained, like, nominally Christian, and I could never answer any of these, you know, doubts and stuff about, you know, what's going on. And then, but I'm like, well, how can I believe in this thing if there's all these doubts? and I would say the minute and the farther you get into catholic theology and like what the the church that existed 2000 years ago still teaches today the more you realize you can be more firm in the belief that Jesus is saving me because there's actually answers for all these things it's you know it's not about i just say these words and i show up here and i have this feeling and then somehow i'm safe like you have real assurances you have real historical stuff and a lot of the stuff in the bible that doesn't make sense to people starts making a lot of sense like it starts piecing in and it's too much for me to explain now but i had probably a hundred different what i thought were idiosyncratic beliefs like of things i had to solve and then by the time i started getting to the catholic theology i'm like oh well somebody's already solved this and actually this all makes sense like like there really was a jesus he died He told his apostles, you were the foundation of my church, the book of Acts happened, and these powers, this stuff really does exist, and, you know, it's, you know, marriage, baptism, confession, you know, all that stuff, it's like, that stuff really does exist, and it really does have power, not as some sort of symbol, but as something that, if you believe historically that Jesus existed, that it really, you know, that it exists, so... Well, another
0: ritual that I
1: had, uh, I had um, the
0: wrong perception of was uh, the giving up things of Lent, and we may have discussed this on a different episode, or was something we just discussed in between episodes one evening when we were together. But I didn't know that you could actually, instead of giving something up, you could take on extra thing for someone else, and. Between Depending on what you give up or what you do, it, it's hard to tell which one would be the greater measure of a sacrifice or, right. um, you know, your expression of how you feel about your faith. Because uh, just taking care of other people is a beautiful thing, um, and I think is definitely more powerful than just giving up Facebook for 40 days. Right. And I think is it is definitely more in line with what the church's ideas are, so— yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think that's, with, yeah, and that's uh, true. With, with talking, with talking with you and talking to Dad and trying to destroy my ignorance on the subject, I'm, you know, just little by little, I'm getting closer to God. Anyway, so I just need to, just need to sit my ass down, read the Bible, and just get into it.
1: Yeah. Well, read the Bible, but also, um, I would say, um, I'll send you some podcasts from like EWTN and stuff. There are some mm-hmm. like Bible Answer podcasts that kind of just spend their whole time explaining like difficult questions um and also the bible we have i don't know if you know this but the the protestant bible which is the one you usually get at the store doesn't even have six books in it it it, they deleted six books out of the bible (laughs) which should tell you something's like wrong just Uh, just omitted it trimmed it down for time yeah martin luther uh when Uh they got into it they decided that there was problems with his theology and with the protestant theology that it didn't fit with the bible at the time and so they decided well these books really shouldn't be in the bible like <laughs> these are books that had been decided like over a thousand years before it should be in the bible and they said well it doesn't really match up with what we're saying about you know by faith alone so they deleted it but man i will tell you what if you want to go to mass sometime i'm longing for that i know we can't right now but yeah. i would I would really like to have a bro like you to do stuff like that with, because right now sometimes I go with my John, uh, John, my brother, which is amazing, and sometimes I go with my dad or my uncle, which is amazing. But I'd love to have another person join us and stuff and get into some stuff. But it's it really is a rich when you open this up. It's a rich cultural history. I mean, it's 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 hard to explain the amount of stuff you open up outside of like Joel Olstein. You know, the amount of stuff you open up when you get in Catholicism is. Incredible! You have all the you have all the philosophers. You have all of Thomas Aquinas, all of you know Saint Augustine. You have everything in between. You have all the mystics. It is a living faith. It is actually the living faith, and it's not just you know the next thing that's going to happen. It's it's been living for two thousand years now, and it's it's pretty nuts, man. All right. So you said it was the uh, the the Protestant Bible that's
0: that's that's issued out today was the one that omitted the books.
1: It's a it's omitted six books that had traditionally been in the Bible.
0: Yeah. Okay, so um, the Bible that you read
1: um, in your Catholic church, is that still the King James Version? No, the King James Version has never been the Catholic Version. That was the King James oh. Version. Yeah. Okay. Enlightening so the, shit this episode. I that no was idea. the Church of yeah. England. Yeah, that's the yeah, Church okay. of England. Um, okay. Yeah. But I think See, that and, was, and also, and just, just my shit. mind, I oh, hate
0: being ignorant on shit.
1: No, I do too, but I'm still insanely ignorant, so trust me, like, I feel very insecure with a lot of, you know, some of these questions, I'm like, I know good, solid answers, and then part of me wants to branch out, then I'm like, no, don't branch out, just stick to the basics, so what I've given you is the basics, but, you know, the King James is actually a good reason, um, I believe, uh, another good reason for Catholicism, because the initial, the original version of the King James had the six books in them, I think over time they were erased, to conform more with protestantism um and i i I see that as a real problem yeah yeah that is just such a ballsy move to to change the word of god
0: to fit what you want your ideals to be like that's that i mean that that's got to be
1: a sin right i think it probably is literally i i believe in the book of revelation they say if you take away one word from this then uh Then, like, good things will be taken away from you. If you add one word to this, like, all of the torment will be given to you. Like, you're (laughs) You're not. That's that's
0: probably why I haven't gotten the layman terms version of the Bible that I actually want to read, where it's just written out like a true story, versus all the old English language
1: of the these and
0: thys and uh, and all that.
1: No, 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 my brother. You don't want to do either one of those. Um, <laughs> the, the, the problem, the problem with the old English ones is usually that's like the book, the King James and stuff. Like you don't want to do that, just because there's no reason to read it that way. There's very good scholars who are working all the time to re, you know, do the stuff. But you also don't want to go all the way to the other side and buy one of these summaries because usually there's a there's tons of, like, impacted theology that you're not thinking about, and they're selling it to you because they're telling you as, like, as a story. Like, there's a version of the Bible called, like, yeah. The Story, and it's, like, you don't want to read that because what they've done is they've taken the Bible and put it into, like, their story. What you want to do is get a really good, like, um, I will even loan you my Catholic Bible, um, and or, in fact, I can send you, like, the Bible Act that has a Catholic Bible on it and it has, like... Um, different commentaries and stuff by scholars like you really and this is another thing with the catholic church like i do i have come to believe you cannot sit at home and read the bible and come to the truth because there a million people have done that and we have like 20,000 Protestant traditions right now and it's like you need people who have been reading and studying it forever reading other people who have been reading and studying it forever just like the Jews did before Christianity you need tradition along with the bible and people diss on tradition but it's like without tradition how in the heck do you know how to read this book you know Well yeah because yeah. if you if you come into
0: it you're automatically going to cast your own ideals and change the stories to your beliefs and benefits because that's just where you're coming from like anybody who would try to tell you the story of the bible it's going to be coming from their voice so they're going to change things to um come out the way they've experienced them in their lifetime which i guess is why another reason why that that book i talked about where it just it lays out the bible like a story there's no way to get that with an unbiased view So you've got to have the ritual and the tradition and everything in order to instill in you the knowledge that the church and the Bible and God and Jesus are all actually trying to convey.
1: Exactly. You've got to remember at the time those things were written, they were people sitting around together. They were writing them with a purpose. They were a community. They were cross-checking these things with accounts, and it's just like— you cannot divorce the written word from tradition, and doing so has caused us a lot of harm. It's how you get these crazy churches on TV, they're saying they're gonna like cure coronavirus through the screen because oh, of oh my you, god, or you gotta send your seed to me so that your seed will expand. And this is you gotta donate to the church so you get more money. Like all of that stuff has come from the Protestant, and Protestant literally means protest, like you're protesting against the true church. And the, I, I mean, I hate to be this person, but the more I get in, I love Protestant, like, I love my Protestant brothers and sisters. Like, I'm not the best Catholic, I'm not the best Christian, but the idea of Protestantism has become more and more detestable to me, or starting your own church or doing your own thing from home has become more and more problematic to me. The more that I slowly delve into what is the church that's existed for 2,000 years, because it has caused so many problems. It has caused just all this, like, wealth gospel, it's caused all this crazy faith healing, it's caused people to think they can do whatever they want and then say, I'm sorry, and it's exactly the opposite of all the stuff they talk about the Catholic Church. Like, they say, you know, I'll get into that another time, but it just, it really gets me going sometimes when people start, you know, attacking what is the actual tradition that has been through scholars and mystics and you know all these yeah. prophets and stuff over time and they say well no this guy on tv who has a, a rap choir behind him he's the one who read it at home and he really gets it it's like oh man i just i just you know that's the reason yeah. why i was only in a christian and name only for so long because i'm like there's something true about this but i just can't sign up for this you know yeah,
0: yeah, 40 minutes into a 40 minute typically 40 minute podcast is not the time to get you riled up. But I'm yeah. I'm a little glad I'm a little glad we're not doing video right now cuz if you had seen the face I made when you talked about the church that asked you to send them your seed,
1: like you're talking about
0: this You're talking about what I'm thinking about, right? Like no, 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 you... no,
1: it's money. It's money. Oh.
0: Okay. Never. Never. Whoa. All right. I was like, because in order to get the seed out, you're asking technically for them to commit a sin. I'm just curious where this church is getting off. See, not, no, not to, not to make it another sexual <laughs> window. But
1: <laughs> See, seed giving is like a common oh. thing for like televangelists to mean like oh, prosperity. Yeah. So if you yeah, send out inbox, you're gonna get a hundred that type of thing. Yeah,
0: it, it's obvious that Jay Grimm needs Jesus because you said seed. Now, automatically assumed it was sperm. So. <laughs> Yeah, Jay Grimm.
1: send me your yeah. seat oh no i feel like i ranted
0: this whole episode i hope this has been okay no it's been fantastic i mean uh, like i said in, in previous episodes uh i definitely want people to listen to it and enjoy it i think people will and i said in this episode i, I love where this takes us sometimes because it just becomes a, a cool discussion between you and me and uh there's been some enlightening. There's been some questions I, I feel like I've got to go and ask, and I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. So, and I hope everybody else has. Um, and if you have, please uh, please stop by our Facebook page. Uh, we are at DC and Grimm at Facebook. Uh, I put too many ats in that. Um, you can check us out on Twitter at DC and Grimm. Um, we also have an email address. It's DC Grimm, no and, just DC Grimm at, uh, I say it's yandex.com, but it, I think it's also called yandex.com. Um we'd love to hear your feedback and what you think about any of our episodes if you got topics you want to hear we'd uh, we'd love to hear that any feedback is good um, definitely like listen share um, the purpose of this is to uh, get it to as many people as possible just because we want to share ourselves with the world and this is our ritual and um uh, I don't have much left do you have anything else left for this episode I want to say
1: happy Easter man I hope you have a I know that we're both isolated right now and stuff but I hope yeah. you have a, a very blessed Easter and yeah. have a great rest yeah, of your I day. Feel-
0: I feel even more isolated right now because I'm not even with my family and my kids because I'm away from home. But uh, you know, through the through the blessings of technology, I'm going to be able to do a similar thing I'm doing with you and give them a call and uh, and see uh, what the Easter Bunny did and how everybody's doing. And I think uh, think Tiffany and the kids are doing uh, doing mass via via the internet today. So very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, happy Easter to you, DC, and uh, yeah. uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, I hope you like the episode. All right. Peace, Peace out. out.